0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: As the news of coronavirus reverberates throughout the world, we at HRN are especially concerned about how coronavirus will impact our food system. We will use our platform to support the restaurant, agriculture, hospitality and other food-related industries by maintaining our coverage and operations. As social distancing becomes the temporary norm, podcasts are more important than ever. There's never been a more crucial time to stay informed about the state of our food system and the ways that food connects our global community. We're sharing all of our COVID-19 coverage at heritageradionetwork.org/covid19 from interviews with nonprofit leaders and journalists. To first-hand accounts from chefs and restaurant owners, to reports on how this crisis is affecting regional farms, our team is working remotely from all over to keep Food Radio alive. H R N needs your support more than ever to keep sharing essential stories and resources with our listeners. Make a donation of any amount. Visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org/donate.
0: So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll. Lord knows that country music's gonna save.
2: Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Souther Teague. I'm Greg Benson. Hey, Greg. How you doing today, bud? I'm good. I'm coming to
3: you all live from my uh, apartment in Bushwick, Brooklyn. We're going remote with Heritage Radio Network um, in response to CoVID 19 because nobody can go fucking anywhere. So how are you doing, man?
2: Uh, I mean, I'm in the same boat. I'm sitting here uh, at Studio 3A, my apartment uh, in uh, Greenpoint, Brooklyn, um, and you know talking to you without seeing your face, which makes it a little bit uh, I think a little bit more um, I don't know choppy. Uh, but we're going to, we're going to muscle through this thing and get some good content out for our listeners today.
3: Absolutely. We both have good faces for radio. So there should be, there should be a slam dunk for us.
2: <laughs> yeah. No difference there. Um, we're still, uh, you know, invisible to the audience, but I feel like it's strange to not be able to see each other, right. It makes for a difficult conversation, but we're all adjusting to that right now. You know, have been doing a lot of uh, uh, phone calls with people. have been doing a lot of like, uh, I'm not into the FaceTime thing or the uh, what's the thing house party that everyone's doing. I don't I don't, I don't cotton to that sort of video chatting thing too well, but I've been on the phone more in the past two weeks than I've probably been in the past two years. I don't know if that's how you're keeping in touch with people, but that's, that's how I'm touching base. Absolutely,
3: man. I've been doing a lot of that. I've been doing a lot of, um, Facebook chat. I've, uh, had a weird thing happen to me. I mentioned this a little bit in last week's show, but I've started doing an online trivia group with some people that I I used to work with in DC. And this is, I, I am, I am president in good standing of the, I will leave a bar when trivia is about to start club, but you know, it's, it's all about reaching out and making sure that you can stay in touch with people, you know, not just for business, but you know, I've, I, again, I'm not a big fan of talking to people on the phone, but I've been doing that a crap load this week, not just, you know, to keep busy and keep businesses alive, but just to call people around the country and around the world and just go hey hey how are you like that's that's a real question for once how are you doing you know
2: yeah and i think it's also um it, it kind of just feels good to go back to the uh, what what has become kind of an old-school methodology you know I think i i used to you know live and die by reaching out to my friends on the telephone and then it became just texting and then it became social media and then weirdly we'd drift further and further away so it's been pretty good for me to to be on the phone with people over the past couple of weeks, Uh, you know, saving my, saving my sanity a little bit.
3: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, you have to, if you can't see people in person, it's, you know, we're, we're a social species. We have to find ways to reach out. And I do in a weird way find it comforting that we're reverting, you know, we've gone further and further down this trail because for whatever reason, as our technology improved, we wanted to keep, our friends at a further and further distance away from us, but now that we can't see them in person, it's nice to know that we're not just still, you know, only commenting on their Instagram videos. We're kind of bringing them back into our lives, you know.
2: Yeah, well, I've seen a lot more interaction on all of my social platforms as well, though, just from people who maybe aren't my personal friends, but people who are my my guests or my my friends through the bar. I did a, a an Ask Me Anything on my Instagram. Um, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, I, I went 24 hours because um, I just left it up there uh, and I answered uh, over 100 questions. It uh, uh, was pretty pretty interesting and pretty engaging with my audience, uh, which makes me feel a little bit better, you know, because it's been over two weeks now since I've been behind the bar facing human beings and serving them drinks, uh, which is an unusual place to be for for, for people like us. Yeah, I'm making, I'm, <laughs> I'm making a
3: lot more, uh, anytime I make a, a big pot of coffee, I go to the roommates. I'm like, anybody want anything? Anybody? You sure? You sure? I can't get anybody anything. I'm jonesing for it, man. I'm jonesing for that. That needs
2: <laughs> to be. Yeah. You're like, so be- just, just the check then <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave this here for you whenever you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. You let me know. Uh, well, in our uh, sort of virtual studio today, we've got um, a, a returning guest and dear friend, uh, Natasha uh, uh, David from Nightcap. Uh, and you're up at your uh, country home outside the city. So you've got some social distancing built right in with, with where you live. Welcome to the studio, Thank Natasha.
4: Hi, everyone. Hi. So,
2: Hello. Good, so Hi. good to have you back. Um,
4: nice to have now- you back, given the strange circumstances. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, um, I mean, you know, it's uh, we're all chuckling and laughing, and you know that that that's a good sign. I think it means our spirits are up, and it means that we're you know uh, healthy at least throughout this 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 ordeal. Um, so, tell us a little bit about like let's kick us off a little bit with, with how how everything has changed for you right now during during all of this.
4: Mm-hmm. I mean, from a personal aspect, I um, I am very fortunate in that I live um, two hours out of the city. Um, I actually live with my mom, um, as well as my two kids and my husband. Um, and my mom is sort of target COVID-19 uh, <laughs> risk factor. She's 78. She's got a chronic respiratory problem. Um, so, um, you know, we started paying attention to things quite early on. In addition to that, also, I have my father who lives in Rome. Um, oh. So, you know, I have been obviously paying close attention to, um, you know, everything that's been happening, maybe a little bit earlier than other people started, um, looking into it. Um, and, you know, you try not to be a hypochondriac about things and you try to remain calm. And, you know, I don't think any of us could have foreseen how drastic this all could have gotten. Um, so I, you know, sort of very early on, I, I started, you know, just telling my staff, wash your hands more often, you know, we touch people's glasses, make sure you're not, you know, make sure you're definitely not putting your hands into anyone's used glass. Um, And then, you know, things as the news got more serious, it was like, okay, we're going to stop using straws. I don't want you touching anyone's straws. And now we're going to stop garnishing because I don't want uh, anybody maybe, you know, eating a lime wedge, and then you're picking it up, and then you get the germs. And
2: Wow. Yeah. I, I never even, I never even, uh, you're the first person I heard who, who eliminated garnishing cocktails. That's, that's crazy. Uh, that was
4: actually my incredible manager, Serene. That was her idea. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. And then, you know, obviously towards the sort of last week of service things, you know, business had dropped significantly. Um, and by Saturday the 14th, um, I was having a conversation with Alex and Dave and saying, do we think it's socially responsible for us to still be open? Um, Are are we doing the right thing? Not just for our guests, but you know, for our staff, are we putting them in harm's way?
2: Right. And that's your partners, uh, Alex Day and Dave Kaplan of Gin and Luck and Uh, uh, the umbrella umbrella company for Death & Co. and all that, right?
4: Yeah. Um, So by Sunday afternoon, uh, we had decided that it didn't feel right to be open. We wanted to, we didn't want to encourage people leaving their homes. Um, I think at that point, uh, I mean, obviously business had dropped that weekend, but I was kind of surprised by our sales um, and kind of, I guess a little upset even that they were as high as they were Um, (laughs) because people were clearly not taking it very seriously. Um, And I think there was so much information out there that made us all feel like, oh, well, in our age group, we don't really need to think about it. Um, And I think people didn't quite understand um, that they were just essentially becoming carriers, right? Exactly. Exactly.
3: Well I think it was it was it was a hard thing to get a scope of like the immediacy of the threat, you know. Um I kind of think it it made me think about this thing I read a while ago about um climate change how as a species we're just we're built to react to holy shit there's a tiger I got to run away. We're not built yeah, yeah. to react to okay a tiger's going to be here in about 20 years okay. so you should start planning now, you know.
4: Yeah. Well,
3: um, it sounds like you were one of the smart ones. It sounds like you were doing what everybody is saying we should have done, which is, you know, take take this seriously and put precautions in place and keep yourself appraised of it way before it has a chance to become a problem.
4: I mean, I guess yes and no. I mean, it's like at the same time, I, I want to be able to, you know, it's it's why do we do what we do, right? We're in this business because we enjoy creating community, right? We enjoy um, inviting people into this other space that we have and creating a sense of home for them. We want to, uh, we like to nurture people. Um, And, you know, historically in New York, and and New York in itself has been a city that has experienced so many different traumas, right? Um, Of course, yeah. The bar and the restaurant, but very much the bar, um, continue during all of those times, um, to be a meeting point, right. For people to come and gather and recollect and, and make connections with their loved ones and their friends. So it felt, I I kind of felt like I was, um, in some ways doing the wrong thing because that service I feel like is very necessary. Um, so I, 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 still. I mean, yes, I'm. I'm glad we're closed, obviously, but you know, there yeah. is a.
2: It's out. a lot of, it's a lot of inner yeah. conflicts. I understand exactly yeah. what you mean. You know, we, we've spent our entire lives and careers building places where people gather and commune. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is historically the place of the, you know, the pub, the public house, the, the bar. Um, you know, this is, you know, suddenly we're having to buck our own uh, best instinct, which is, you know, gather together and be strong together. And suddenly now we have to, we have to sort of separate and try and be strong together, which is mm-hmm. cer- certainly a new paradigm for us to even think about sounds like you um pulled the uh, trigger on shutting the bar down uh, at least one day prior to the city yeah. telling us we had to you, you said saturday was your last service and and yeah and sunday yeah. was the was the day that the uh, the mayor or uh, the governor shut us down right
4: he shut us down on tuesday
2: oh was it tuesday
4: yeah. So it's a couple oh, days later. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I closed early as well. My last uh, service was Sunday. Um, I, could, I could have sworn it was Monday, but I think maybe you're right. It was Tuesday midnight, I think is what mm-hmm. they said, right? I just assume, in
3: time for St. Patrick's Day.
2: Yeah. Two, two weeks ago. seems like a billion years. Um, <laughs> you know, having spent so much time just sitting here in my apartment, um, I've barely really left. Yeah. Um, Natasha, have you guys taken up any of these um, opportunities that the government has offered us? Uh, are you doing any to, to go, to go or takeaway?
4: Yeah, I mean there's so many of them. Were, there's so much fine print um, that I actually feel like I, I, I'm not prepared enough to speak to them quite yet. But mm-hmm. um, yes, we are actively applying for um, uh, all, basically all loans uh, with the guidance of our accountant and our lawyers. So, um, TBD.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, uh, I do want to talk about that a little bit more if, if we can, maybe in the second half, but I was more referring to like, are you doing any, uh, to go cocktails? Are you you oh. know doing delivery or pickup at the bar?
4: We're not. Um, yeah. I think sort of the main reason for us is, uh, again, I live two hours away. Mm. Um, I'm in complete isolation because I, I, don't want to get my mom sick in any way, shape, or form, right. uh, and to the point that we've stocked up on groceries for a month. Uh, we're literally not trying to leave our, our our house.
2: You got like a compound going.
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I, you know, I feel like I I felt weird asking somebody else on staff um, to put themselves at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know. No one has reached out to me on my staff asking if they could be in charge of it. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of going off the assumption that they feel the same way. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, I I, I don't know how, the, if if the risk is worth the payoff.
2: Uh, well, I mean, I can speak to that a little bit. We're doing to-go and delivery cocktails out of Amoria Margo. And starting starting this, we were closed entirely today and tomorrow, Sunday and Monday. And starting this week, we'll probably cut down to just doing this project on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, the reward isn't that great. Um, I do feel that part of me that wants to give a service uh, is probably the strongest pull. the mm-hmm. The juice isn't worth the squeeze, really. We're not we're not uh, making enough revenue. It's it's kind of it's kind of busy work. It's just sort of keeping my hands busy and keeping my mind a little bit busy, um, and making making me feel like I'm you know delivering a service to some people who who need it and or want it. Um, sure. But yeah, I think largely that's the kind of consensus I'm getting from my other friends and our colleagues in, in the neighborhood and in New York who are doing the same thing. It's, it's not really. Um, this is no means to you know. This isn't even a bucket for bailing out the boat as it goes down. <laughs> we're, yeah. pol- we're, we're polishing the brass on the Titanic. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, it's just. I mean, I. I wonder. I mean, my my bar just did shots of mezcal and beer, so obviously there's not a big takeout market <laughs> there. But I wonder how much of it is just kind of a uh, you know, uh, just just to keep like it feels almost like a medically induced coma, you know, just to make sure that there's still a heartbeat there that we can be revived from later. But yeah, exactly. It's a, it's, it's a tiny bucket to bail out a very big hole.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I really, I just keep going back to the risk factors. I just, I, I don't want to expose people. Um, I don't want to encourage people leaving their homes, you know?
2: Right. Well, there's, of course, don't you don't know. want to, you don't, you don't want to expose anyone and you don't want to get exposed. And that's the thing, right? The, this, this pretty insidious, um, disease, uh, doesn't rear its head maybe until seven to 14 days after you've been right. exposed. You're not even aware that you have it or that you're carrying it or that you might be exposing yeah. someone else. Um yeah yeah it's pretty pretty brutal uh we're right at around the fifteen minute mark, so let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. We're going to come back and keep talking to Natasha while she's up at her compound. We'll talk about how she's living off solar energy. Ooh when we come back. <laughs>
1: The James Beard Foundation is a nonprofit with the mission to celebrate, nurture, and honor chefs and other leaders, making America's food culture more delicious, diverse, and sustainable for everyone. And right now, it's working to respond to the dire situation the food and beverage community is in due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Restaurants, bars, and other independent food and beverage operations are often on the front lines of community revival. The majority of culinary community businesses have less than 500 employees. But collectively, this industry generates $1 trillion a year, 60% of which is pumped back into their local business communities. To help bring swift economic relief to these essential businesses, the James Beard Foundation launched a fund to provide microgrants to independent food and beverage businesses in need. You can donate at jamesbeard.org relief.
2: And we're back on the speakeasy uh, in our remote uh, situation. I'm at my apartment in Greenwood, Brooklyn. Greg's at his apartment in Bushwick. And Natasha, David's on the line with us from, uh, I don't even know, where, where are you, Natasha?
4: I'm in Red Hook, New York,
2: upstate. Red, Red yeah. Hook, New York, upstate. Two hours, he said, away from the city. Two hours via train or car?
4: Car and train. Kind of the same, same oh, idea.
2: The, the train doesn't save you any time? No, <laughs> really. <laughs> Typical. That's how you know it's upstate. Yeah, exactly. The train the makes no so difference. Co- cars can move fast up there. Um, so <laughs> you're you're holed up in your your compound with your family, which includes oh, your, your husband. It sound is,
4: like I live on a compound.
2: Well, you know. on a
4: compound.
3: <laughs> if it gets really bad, she's moving <laughs> to the bunker.
2: Yeah. Well, you, you're up there with your two very small children, lovely children. Uh, your husband and your mother, mm-hmm. um, who you mentioned earlier, is um, at in a couple of at risk factors uh, for this crazy ass disease, so you've decided to pretty much and you said you have a, a you know a month's worth of groceries on hand. Um, mm-hmm. I know from following your husband's Instagram, you've got some solar panels, so maybe you're running off grid. I don't know you guys are you guys are you guys are becoming those people the survivors, <laughs> uh, which is amazing um, so uh what sort of like i don't know emotions are you feeling regarding having to have closed your business now for two two weeks? Um two weeks today, right? You close on Saturday night, so two weeks today. How how are how are you feeling like personally? Um,
4: That's a big question. Um, well, you know, we we made the decision and I obviously had to lay off my staff. Um and as an employer, I think, uh, and as somebody who knows every single member on their staff because it's a small team. Um that is incredibly difficult. Um, Yeah it was the right thing to do. Um, And I, you know, laid them off immediately because I wanted everybody to have an opportunity to um, apply for unemployment. Um, And then I actually let the bar sit um, untouched for five days um, because I'd been reading different articles as to how long these, you know, germs can live on various surfaces.
2: Oh yeah. Okay.
4: So I let it basically self disinfect, and then I decided to uh, drive down to the city um, and on my own um, because I couldn't be in contact with anybody else. <laughs> um, clean the bar out, um, and you know if there's ever been a time where I wanted to be surrounded by my staff, um, it was that day. It was you know it was it was really awful. I, you know being alone in in your bar. It, which is you know every you've put so much time and love and energy and thought and care and anger and frustration all the all of those things are you know what make your bar um what it is and it's a bar that also has sort of had many ups and downs and so um it 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 felt I felt very defeated to be honest with you when I was in there alone you know getting rid of everything and pulling bottles off the back shelf. So that in case, you know, you, you start thinking about, Oh, what if there's riots? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so what do I want to save? So, you know, putting everything away and I, you know, taking the POSs with me and, you know, it, 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 it you know, turning the ice machines off and the gas lines off, you know, it was, it, it felt really, um, it was really heartbreaking. Um,
2: yeah, it's also, I think, worth noting that, you know, we have obviously many hours of every single day where the bar is, is completely empty and totally hours when they're by ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always the notion that it's going to reopen tomorrow or next yeah. service, next we'll service be- is upon us. So, yeah, yeah I, feel, I feel kind of in a similar way. I've been to my bars and, and done kind of the same thing and, and looking around while I'm standing there alone and thinking, I didn't build this room to be not full of people. Sure. It's a very, like, hollow feeling
4: yeah that's a very good way to describe it it was very hollow yeah and very lonely. it was very lonely
2: yeah and i uh, you mentioned uh, and we can definitely touch on this as well you mentioned that that bar has been through your bar has been through some some turbulent times already um you know when we had you on last we talked about how you your bar had to relocate um and that was a big uh, arduous uh, endeavor so like I feel like you've been through more than the typical emotional pendulum that we all go through you've you've had to
4: well, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say that my grief is bigger than anyone else's. In any, well, no, should. but
2: I just mean the swing. The swing has been maybe okay. wider.
4: Sure. Okay. I, I will. I will take that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, you know, we have a we have a mutual neighbor just uh, just uh, uh, on the corner from where you are, and and yeah. just down the street from where I'm at, uh, Black Crescent, you know. And yeah. I realized, you we know, there the other day, yeah, uh, uh, Reynolds, you know, his bar. Uh, uh, opened and then burned and had to close and reopened, and now we're he's closed again, you know, and he's 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 trying to be chipper on his instagram posting things like you know yeah. we'll we'll reopen third times the charm um so you know it's 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 difficult for for any of us to have to go through this um yeah.
4: no my husband's of, bar too is Donna, so of course yeah yeah, yeah I mean it's just like
2: <laughs> I feel like the solace that I'm finding um is that you know um we're all in this together. Well, so absolutely. like that part, I can at least be like, well, if we're, if, you know, if only some of us are, are fucked, then that makes it an imbalance, but we're kind of all fucked. So we're all fucked together. So that kind of levels the field and we'll, we'll all just get through it together.
4: Well, and according I think that's for, that's the thing,
2: for this whole yeah. moment
4: yeah, all
3: right. together. Well, and also, I mean the, like you said about it being a community, that's been one of the, I don't know i'm i'm not one for silver linings or blessings in disguise you know the real blessing would have been if this never fucking happened in the first place but it has been it was inspiring to see how on day one there were so many organizations popping up offering aid and assistance and i think um, it was even within like 48 hours of all the bars in New York city closing that Jameson pledged what half a million dollars to the USBG relief fund. Yeah. Um, it's been, yeah. I mean, because, because we're all fucked together, there is a sense of, you know, the, it's, you, you look and you see that the community is still alive, um, and helping each other out, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, And speaking of help, I wanted to talk a little bit about something that's making its way through the New York State Senate right now. Uh, It's a bill called S8125. Uh, Mm -hmm. It is, uh, I've got it pulled up right here. It relates to suspending rent payments for certain residential tenants and small business commercial tenants and certain mortgage payments for 90 days in response to the outbreak of COVID-19 which translates to, and I think I, this is where I need to say, uh, full disclaimer, none of us here uh, are lawyers or have law degrees, unless you've been holding out on me, Southern. Nope, nope. Um, but it is something <laughs> that- kind of bar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, what do you mean pass the bar? I pass the bar every night on my way home from work. Um, but it, it is something that's making its way through the New York legislature right now that seems like it offers- Um, some form of relief. Uh, Essentially, it would for, to my, again, uh, novice layperson reading of it, offers uh, a waiver of rent for three months for qualifying individuals and small businesses, and then would offer the people who they would pay that rent to a break on their mortgages. Um, It is at nysenate.gov and it is currently open for public comment if anyone wants to go and um, leave some thoughts about it right there. But since I have you guys here right now, what are you all's thoughts on this?
4: Well, this is the very first step. I mean, it's the most obvious step. Of course. Uh, you know, no one can pay their rent if they don't have revenue coming in. Um, so uh, <laughs> it only <laughs> makes sense for, um, the landlords to suspend rent, but of course, I understand that the landlords have mortgages, um, and that their mortgages need to be suspended for the time being as well. Now, I actually don't know if um, mortgages for uh, commercial um, if commercial mortgages have been uh, delayed. I know that for me, as a as a somebody who owns an apartment, um, I asked to have my mortgage delayed, um, and it is I don't have to pay it for ninety days.
2: I mean at least that's some relief, you know.
4: Yeah. Um so I again that's a that's not commercial, but um you know, that's huge, right? I don't have to pay those thousands of dollars right now because I have I don't have income coming in. So um for businesses, this is it, it's like this is the lifeline, right? This is what's going to keep us afloat is not having to go into debt over these these rent bills. Um and I don't know how different landlords are reacting and, I'm, and I understand that everybody's trying to look out for themselves right now. Um, but you know, I've, I've written my landlord and as of right now they still sent me a rent bill. So I, right now I'm, I'm still scheduled to, uh, or at least they're expecting me to pay my rent on the first.
2: And this is, that's for the bar.
4: That's for the bar. Yes. Correct. Sorry.
2: Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same, same boat for us. Um, landlord still expecting us to pay rent. Um, my apartment here in Brooklyn, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't, I'm not an owner. I'm just a a renter. Um, my, uh, my my rent slip was slid underneath my door just as it always is, uh, on Friday morning Mm -hmm. when I, when I woke up, it was there. So they're expecting rent as well. Um, you know, and we've taken in, you know, pretty much a zero sum gain really of revenue since, since uh, two weeks ago, uh, we've reached out to all of our landlords um, uh, to talk to them about, you know, rent abatement or possibly um, uh, amortizing some rent, you know, maybe getting, getting them to negotiate three months of um, mm. non-rent payment, but then folding that amount back into our rent for a year, you know, um, mm-hmm. or, or possibly even two years. Um but we're also finding uh maybe a little glimmer of hope in that some of the landlords seem to be um uh, amenable to the notion of not only doing this uh, abatement or um uh, other methodology but they seem to be um amenable to the idea of lowering our rent in general um because they exactly. see that if, if oh, we
4: the
2: yeah. yeah they see that if we fail. Then we'll leave. And given the current economic status and the status that's going to be when this finally passes, um, no, there may not be anyone who wants to get in and take that space for a length of time. So better for them to lower the rent and hold on to tenants who've been with them for years uh, than to um, keep the rent at the same rate and possibly have no tenant for several years. So, oh, you okay. know,
4: Sorry. So on that note, I feel like it's yep. most important to talk about what business will maybe look like for all of us as bars uh, when this is quote unquote over, right? Um, oh, I mean,
2: I'm, I'm ridiculously nervous about that and I'm sure you are as well. I think, I think that consumer confidence is going to be rattled. You know, especially, OK, let's assume, you know, uh, nightcap is a it's a semi subterranean bar. It's pretty tight. It's got a low ceiling. It's very cozy. I love it there. You love it there. You made that place your own. My bar is 240 square feet. It's super tiny. Greg, your bar I, we've discussed may, in fact, be even smaller than a Mori Margo. I think super it's gonna tiny, be. Yeah. I think it's going to be a, a couple of, you know, long beats before the consumer says to themselves, I want to go back into a tightly packed room.
4: But not even the consumer. I mean, as a business owner, we have to start thinking about, is it responsible to to have packed bars, right? I mean, right. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but I don't make my rent money on a lovely, slow Monday night where I leisurely have guests come in and out. I make my rent payments on Fridays and Saturday nights when I pack my bar full of people to a point that my server has a hard time walking through
2: <laughs> to yeah.
4: their guests, right? So um, – that's how I pay my rent is on those two days. Um, So I think there's, I mean, there's going to have to be an entire restructuring and then not to, you know, sound apocalyptic, but then there's a lot of talk now in the news about, um how everything will kind of calm down in the summer and then in the fall it's going to come back with a vengeance. So does that mean there's going to be another shutdown? We've,
2: historically we've seen that with um with with other uh, uh viruses in the past. So yeah, this is yeah. Cer- certainly something that's on all of our minds. Oh, are we going to stumble back to our feet and start walking again and then get smacked down, you know, like Yeah. yeah. Um, it's super. It's super nerve wracking. And again, I don't. I don't want to get on the fear mongering or hysteria or apocalyptic thinking either. However, it's not something we can't uh, at least put on 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 the whiteboard and and say it's a it's a point of, you know, it's a point we have to think of.
4: Yeah.
3: Well, um, I also. I mean, I, I also wonder if there's going to be. Um... I heard something. It, it was a Planet Money or something about a, this being a V-shaped recession, where you know it, it dips sharply, and then because people are cooped up for so long, like you said, people also you know it could be the opposite. People could be clamoring; they could the cabin fever could set in, and they could really want to go out. And then it's it's on us as responsible proprietors to say how much do we want to allow people back in the space. How much do we want to ratchet? people in like do we want to do it gradually do we want to i, I feel like just opening the doors and being like come and get it it, it wouldn't it be you're,
4: it feel right exactly it doesn't feel right uh, yeah. so again it is in the landlord's best interest to <laughs> rents because they will have empty storefronts it's just you know it's it's just what's going to happen um
2: Right, I feel like it's this. It's going to be the second wave or third wave. I don't know what wave we're on, but you know, if uh, if we're suffering now, then landlords are going to suffer later if they don't, um, you know, uh, come to some sort of like reasonable uh, places with people, small businesses like us who who maybe can't weather, uh, you know, I mean, two weeks is a lot <laughs> to take in no revenue um, when you live on such thin margins as uh, our business typically does.
4: Mm-hmm. And who knows how long this is going to go on for.
2: Right. That's the uncertainty, right? Like at least when we had Sandy roll through the hurricane that hit New York City, we kind of, you know, we knew there's an end, right? We can see the end. It's coming. Um, You know, uh, even as far back as 9-11, like, you know, we will rebuild. We know, you know, we we can sort of project how long that'll take. I feel like with this thing, we don't have any sense of its ending or, you know, when we can go back to quote unquote normal, which I don't think that... I don't think we'll be back to normal in the sense that we had, you know, even just two weeks ago or a month ago. I think it's going to be, this is going to take years.
4: I know. I mean, this is what I was talking about with my husband last night. You know, we were even just talking about sending our kids to school. Like, how was that going to look different? Um
2: Right. Neither out neither, of neither of your babies are, are old enough for school yet, right? So they haven't even been I, yet.
4: My oldest, my three-year-old is in daycare, so he's out of daycare, obviously, now. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, that's a lot of little kids yeah. <laughs> in a room.
2: Right. Kids are kids are inherently messy, and, and they're also not so conscious of, you know, not touching yeah. their face and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, no fault of theirs. <laughs>
4: it's going to really... Be incredibly interesting to see how this will completely reshape the way we live our lives. Um, And on that note, I mean, I also think it's very important to acknowledge how actually fucking lucky we are that this is our disaster, that we're not, you know, this is some people are calling this, you know, like our world war, our generation's world war. Um, The fact that we get to sit at home and watch Netflix while, you know, sort of things fall apart is, is.
2: yeah, the, cor- the courage to stay at home is what people are saying. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, so get, a little, get, little bit of a different courage.
4: It's with me. I get to have my family with me. You know, I, I get to know that they're safe.
2: Well, sure, and we can certainly, um, you know, uh, uh, be thankful and grateful of the notion that we are here in, you know, New York City or even in the United States or even, you know, uh, our our sort of side of the world. You know, India has uh, mandated a a, a, a What's it called? Uh, something. What, what's stay Just at home? Three week lockdown, basically. Yeah. yeah um, shelter in place. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, you have to understand that like a lot of the parts of this issue um, that are going to mean, frankly, literally life and death for some people is privilege. And when you think of a country like India, that's so poor that people are already, you know, large in large numbers, people are already maybe uh, suffering from, you know, poverty, starvation, et cetera, things like that. Um, uh, uh, to, the, to then be locked into their homes where maybe they don't have, you know, running water at all. Or if they do, maybe it isn't clean or they don't have uh, refrigeration so they can't stock up food to last that long. You know, like there's, there's lots of pieces to the puzzle that, uh, you know, just by virtue of where we are, we're, we're, we're a lot more, uh, you know, I hate to say better off, but we're, we're in a, we're in a, we're in a better position.
4: We're in a very privileged position. Yeah. Privileged
2: is the word. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know um, it's, you know, Uh, I'm thankful to be trapped in my pretty well-appointed apartment in New York City, you know? Yeah. Um, As, as, as odd and uh, fucked up as it all is, uh, things could be measurably and visibly worse. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Well, and yeah, and that's something that I think we all have to, to, keep in mind as we as we move forward on this and rebuild is like, you know, how could how could how could I work towards making this better? And how at least for me, could it, you know, potentially have been worse <laughs> and just kind of, you know, keep a lot of things in perspective. It's it's really kind of the only way to I think, you know, empathy is what's gonna get us through this essentially is is seeing not just how this affects me, but how my behavior could affect others. I think that's why it you know, you still see, I mean, we've all seen the photos from spring break in, in Tampa. And I, I look at that and I just see like a, a catastrophically, a catastrophic failure of empathy, you know?
2: But yeah, yeah. There was also, a story a story of a 52-year-old man who lives with his elderly parents and takes care of them, and his son was going to go to South Padre Allen, Texas for spring break, and he told him over and over, don't go, don't go, don't go. The son foolishly went anyway, and when the son came back home, the dad said, I simply cannot let you back in the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so locked his own son out, you know. Like I can't endanger my parents. I can't endanger myself. You've, you've, you know, you probably contaminated yourself. Like, uh, yeah, empathy, uh, uh, but combined with a world that's, you know, um, I mean, in a lot of ways, largely stupid. But, you know, simply, <laughs> simply, simply uneducated and foolish, you know, and, you know, we keep uh, our, our our own administration keeps pounding this drum of the notion that, you know, America is a free country and we should be able to be free. Well, you know, this virus doesn't give a shit if we're free or in a cell. Um, you know, it's coming. It's coming at us if we're not careful. Um, so I don't know. Absolutely.
4: I think one thing I, I really do just want to quickly mention, <laughs> even though it's a huge subject, yeah. uh, is that I... the. The sort of, if you want to say, quote unquote, positive that is coming out of this for our industry in particular, is that I hope that by the end of all of this, um, we as a industry and an industry that, you know, thrives on being hospitable, starts being more hospitable um with its own right so this is an opportunity for us to all sit around and try to figure out like how do we give people sick leave like how are we as small businesses going to make this happen because we have to we have to have sick leave we have to be able to offer we have to have health insurance for our employees um there there needs to be more of a support structure and and you know i'm i'm a small business i i don't have any of those things in place for my for my employees because i simply can't afford it. So how do we restructure things so that we can start doing this? And, and I know Ashton Berry is doing all kinds of wonderful things. I've been sort of reading little snippets of, of some stuff she's doing and uh, there's little talks, you know, all over sort of on social media. So um, this is a moment for us. We should take this time that, you know, we suddenly have on our hands Mm-hmm. Um, to try and really delve into this and think about it and look at our numbers and look at, you know, who knows what our numbers will look like when we reopen, but to to look at our structures and and really take care of each other, you know, we, we have to.
3: Yeah, I yeah. Absolutely. it's a, it's a forest fire, you know. It's a it's it's going to burn a lot of things down, but out of that there's a chance to rebuild uh, some stuff, some structures better than it was before, you know. I mean, it's this conversation about healthcare for, you know, people who the people who serve your food and the people who drive your ubers isn't just an abstract for a large yeah. chunk of the population anymore. It's it's front page news. Mhm. Um, And speaking of of dangers of the mundane, unfortunately for everybody, I have to apologize. I'm doing this on a borrowed laptop that is about to die. So we
2: might have to wrap this up now a few minutes early. Sorry to everybody out there for uh, technical difficulties. I think that's quite all right. I think we've pretty much come to a a pretty solid conclusion on this uh, eh, somewhat... I don't know, sobering episode of the speakeasy. Um want to thank again, Natasha, David, for being on um, again. Uh, you're always a delightful guest to be on the show and you've always got a great perspective. As as my
4: thoughts are all jumbled and I'm not expressing myself and my words are not there. And it's just, you know, it's a very, it's a very emotional and confusing time.
3: You are um, in good company on that one.
2: Yeah, I think everybody listening wants to hear. You know, I know uh, from from audience feedback that we get all the time. People people enjoy the fact that our show is um, typically, you know, pretty real, uh, and they get to hear, you know, the truth from us. So, hearing the truth in your voice and and hearing the truth in your words is certainly something that is appreciated from me, uh, and I'm sure the audience as well. Um, so uh again that's uh that's gonna be that that's gonna be the end of this episode of the Speakeasy. I thank you uh both for being in the, in the virtual studio with us and thank you to Jeet, who's uh our HRN engineer who's uh, doing this from afar as well and keeping himself Yeah, and keeping himself safe as well. Uh guys, uh, uh wash your hands, stay safe, and cheers. We'll talk to you next week. Cheers.
0: So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll that that no. no. Save your soul, the,
2: oh, the Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio.